Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of Chasing Banners. I'm your host, Dante Toro, a.k.a. Dante on Deck, and joining me is my co-host, Ryan Sheehan. What's going on, everybody? I'm 401 Sheehan on Twitter. If you want to look me up later, I will greatly appreciate that. (laughs) This is uh, episode two of uh, Chasing Banners. We put out our first episode, the return episode, uh, last week. And, you know, we actually did pretty good numbers, Ryan. I know we didn't really talk about it, but we actually got a good amount of listeners. So uh, thank you, everyone that listened to the first episode. And, you know, this is something we're going to be doing consistently, uh, one episode a week for the time being. Um, So we're excited to keep putting this content out and uh, talk about, you know, the things that we're going to jump into today. And one of the things that we're going to jump into today, we talked about it last week about, you know, what we thought about the NBA season, when it would return, how it would return. And we said, you know, hopefully by next week, we'll have some more news. And here we are next week and we got more news. So right now, what we're the the plan is, or at least what people are hoping is going to happen is the NBA season will return by late July. And right now, Disney World is set to be the location that everyone will be. Um, People will be, it'll be like a campus environment, I heard. It'll be like everyone's staying at the same place. Um, You know, it's one of those things where it's going to be like summer league, I heard. Like, there are proposals that um, Adam Silver sent out a survey to GMs about how they want to bring it back as far as like finishing regular season games, if there should be a play-in tournament or every team should be a part of it. So I think that still needs to be figured out. But I also heard that if the regular season does come back, like if they finish out a few of the games, it would be like a summer league schedule where it would be like all during the day. And then once the playoffs come around, it would be like a normal schedule, like at nighttime. So I mean, obviously, that's exciting news. I mean, any news involving basketball coming back is great news, especially for guys like us. So um, what are your thoughts on the season coming back and it being in Disney and, you know, everything that – how they should come back? I think it's awesome it's going to be at Disney. They have have a bunch of courts there, don't they? Yeah, no, they have a huge – I mean, they have a huge area. I think that's really where the base of it, like Orlando, I'm pretty sure that's where they had some of their summer league games too. Because I know Summer League, they have it in, like, Vegas and Florida and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think I think it being at Disney is probably the best option for everything going on because then they still have the resort there and they have all that, so everyone can be there in the first place. Exactly. So, so that that being – it being there is just great. And I think it makes it interesting, too, because it's just kind of funny to think that the NBA Finals and everything are going to be at Disney World. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the place where all the wonders and magic happens. So I think the NBA coming back, it's it's gonna be fun. It's great. I'm glad it's coming back. Um, do you? It, is there a possibility of being extended rosters for for this? I didn't see. I don't know if I saw anything on that. I haven't read anything about that. I've the only thing I've read about, like you know, as far as rosters and teams being involved, and in, is them just debating on whether or not they should just go with the top sixteen teams for the playoffs or just yep. like, uh, I mean, we've, they've had discussions about doing a plan tournament for a few years. Like it's been a proposal, like people have thought like bounced around the idea. Um, but honestly, like if, if, if you're going to have a year to, to test it and try it out, I feel like this would be a good year to do it, especially for the teams that, you know, on the Western conference, there are about three or four teams that are on the outskirts of making the playoffs, like a few games out. So I always thought, um, and I go back and saying this, like, I've always thought that it, would be, it wouldn't be fair to the teams that were that close to making it and just being told, hey, like, too bad. Like, we're just going to go with the playoff teams. 
Um, but I understand also, like, you know, the later the season starts, you know, they might not be able to do it. But I think a planned tournament in this case would be essential for those teams, not, like, for every team. I don't think um, there needs to be a single-game tournament. We talked about the NCAA-style tournament, but how I'm looking at it now is that I think there'll be enough time to actually be a, a regular playoff, like, atmosphere. Because I also read that the NBA is kind of aligning this with – when the vaccine will come out. So when they start the season in July and by the time it ends and they do, you know, summer league, the draft, free agency, all this stuff, by the time all that stuff is done, it should be around December, January, which is when we're supposed to get a vaccine in hopes that the NBA next season, they want at least most of their season being played with fans in the audience. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like the timetable that they're going with, which I think is a great idea because, you know, the NBA, we talked about this, even if they didn't have the playoffs, they were going to miss out on $900 million. Like just imagine how much money the NBA is missing out on just not having fans in the arena. And next year, I'm sure that they want to come back when they don't have to worry about losing more money with fans not being there. Right. Yeah. If that, if that does happen, if they are trying to align it around the vaccine, then that brings up a lot of other things, you know? So um, if they, if that's, if that's their goal is to try and do around the vaccine and try and get fans back into your arenas and all that stuff, then I think that's a good idea. Um, You said what, how far did you say the season would extend to? So they sent out the survey to GM. So there's no like walk of what they're going to do. There's a few proposals. I mean, one of the proposals is that they finish the games out. One proposal is that they cut cut it in half. I think there was like uh, 15 games left of the season, so maybe they cut it to eight. Um, and then, like I said, the play-in tournament, or they just jump into the playoffs. I can imagine that, if, in my opinion, I think that they'll vote on the play-in tournament, especially the teams that are on the outskirts. Um, and I also think the NBA would be wouldn't be opposed to it because I think that would be exciting, yeah, and different for fans yeah. to watch, and people would like that. You have teams like uh, Portland and um, the you Pelicans. Port- you got Portland, Pelicans, San Antonio, even the Kings. Like, those four yeah. teams were, like, four, four, five games back. And even in the East, I mean, the Wizards were – the Wizards are really the only team that were uh, that were close to making the AC. They're a few games out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like it, – it really is unfair to those teams. And, and But it's also tricky because although it's unfair to them, it also wouldn't be fair to just throw in teams like – Golden State or Atlanta or the Knicks like yeah those teams I know last week we talked about the NCAA NCAA style tournament and how fun that would be but like in all actuality it really wouldn't be fair compared to teams that deserve to make the playoffs like right the Warriors they won 15 games this year they were they were packing their bags before this all happened you know what I mean like they're not they weren't planning on playing in the playoffs so they probably shouldn't plan the playoffs I mean and I'm sure there are players like for teams like the Atlanta or Warriors that like, you know what, like who cares? Like, I don't want to, like, we won 15 games this year. Like we don't have to do a plan or something. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm, I think they said that they want the rules uh, decided on by, I think, I, I think it was June 1st was the day that they wanted to decide it on. So it would, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, next week we'll, we'll probably be able to talk about it. Yeah. Talk, talking about this being the year though, about trying to do anything and like get creative with it. Though, the thing that's been talked about for the past few years is when it gets to the playoffs, making it a one through 16. Mm-hmm. So like it wouldn't be East and West. It'd be Western conference teams playing each other. If they did that, that'd be exciting. 
I think that if would be cool too, yeah. Yeah, like if you had two Western Conference teams in the finals, imagine if that happened. Like if LA, you had, LA? Yeah. Imagine, like, you know how exciting that would be? If they want to get if they want to get creative and do all that, they this is this is exactly the year to do it. No, I agree. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that Mark Cuban actually has been trying to emphasize and enforce the past few years. Because if you think about it, I mean, the past, I mean, the Eastern Conference has gotten, you know, stronger as the years have gone on, but the Western Conference has ultimately been the dominant conference. I think that's an easy thing to, you know, agree on. Yeah, um, they've dominated for good yeah, couple and, decades. Know, it's like, and people look at it like, oh, well, the thing with LeBron when he was in the East, it was like he made it to the finals eight times because everyone was like, he didn't have competition. He wasn't in the West. He wasn't doing this or that. So when you do that, like you said, where you put the two conferences together, you kind of eliminate that excuse where it's like, oh, yeah. you didn't have to go through a hard team. Like, let's say LeBron had to go through, well, that shouldn't be a, he's in the West now. Let's say Giannis, for example. Like, let's say Giannis, they did it regularly and Giannis made it to the finals. They'd be like, oh, he didn't have competition. But if they did it this way, let's say he beats uh, the Nuggets, they beat the Celtics, they beat the Clippers. Like, that's a, that's a solid playoff run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, and, a, and a playoff run like that would solidify a team's, um, if they win the championship, it would be like, okay, they actually deserved it. Like, that was an impressive run that they had. And going off of that, too, is I, the past few months, I've always, I've said that whoever wins the season, there'll be an asterisk. So that's basically been a reason why I've said, like, there should be an NCAA style tournament, blah, blah, blah. The more I've been thinking about it, I am, I'm actually going to go back on what I've been saying. And I'm going to disagree with myself because I don't think that there will be an asterisk. There will be an asterisk on whoever wins this year, but it's not going to be a bad asterisk. So how I'm saying this is whoever wins it this year, it's going to be very impressive because you, we stopped the season for three months. These yeah. guys literally stopped playing. We talked about this last week. These guys stopped playing. You know, some guys haven't even been able to shoot a basketball. They're going to have to jump right back into this and just go right maybe, – maybe even go right into the playoffs. So it's like the fact that whatever team comes back and is able to win it and, like, show off – like, you know, we're off for three months, but we're still able to do this. Like, that's going to be impressive. And so I'm going back on what I'm saying. Uh, so I think that whoever wins this year, it will be not more impressive than other championships, but it will be a championship that we will remember. Yeah. I th- and there was a question that I actually saw one time last week, and it might have actually came from you. Who knows? But um, okay. it, was on, it was on Twitter, and it was, if the Celtics won their 18th title this season, would it feel the same? Mm-hmm. And to me – I'd be happy. I'd be like, yeah, that's banner 18 right there. But at the same time, in my back of my head, I'd be like, it, it's definitely a different season. The way it all ended and the way we went about it, it's the, the outcome of it is definitely different. But it's like what you're saying. You can't really say that it's not an impressive feat to do that because mm-hmm. it, it's, exactly it what, it's exactly what you're saying, actually. It's just you stop your season out of nowhere. You can't do any more training. You can't shoot the ball anymore, anything like that. And then they're just asking you to pick it right back up out of nowhere and just do it. So yeah. it, it'd be impressive. It, it, it really would be it impressive. Would be. It really would be. And going off of what you were talking about with, um, with the Banner 18 and stuff, this is how I look at it. If the Celtics won, I would accept it like a normal championship. Yeah, there would be an asterisk, but I, it would be impressive. You have to look at it this way. Whatever team wins it, 
any every other fan base is going to be like they don't deserve it except right. fan base that wins it so if boston wins it boston fans will be like we deserved it blah 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 every other t- la teams would be like the stupid asterisk blah 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 but if la wins it it'll be like oh we deserve it and everyone will be like you don't deserve it so you have to look at it that way no matter what there's going to be people yeah. that are going to say that so it's just you you just got to remember that no matter who wins it and i'm not saying it for the celtics no matter who wins it i personally think the lakers are going to win all this year it's going to be impressive as hell for them. Like, I'm not, yeah. going to take, I'm not going to say to them they didn't deserve it. I'm not going to say anything like that because I'm a basketball fan. I'm not a super biased, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so no matter who wins it, it's going to be impressive. Um, just the circumstances with everything, everything going on. Not even just the whole stopping basketball, just the whole, you know, anxiety of living through this pandemic and not knowing what's going to happen, you know, next week. And the next, like these guys, like these basketball players are basically just like, they don't know what's going on. They're just being kept in the loop and they're being like, they're given updates like week, day by day, week by week. So it's like, they don't even know what's going to go on. So living through all of that, it's, and then jumping back into it, like we said, like that, that's impressive. No matter what people can say what they want, but that's going to be impressive. Yeah. And I think if the NBA does decide to have a few games before they jump right into the playoffs, I want to be opposed to it because I feel like you have to give, the guys sometimes to get back mm-hmm. into it. I feel like if you that that's the bad part about jumping right into the playoffs. If you jump right into the playoffs, there's it's gonna be there's gonna be I feel like there will be some rust. Mm-hmm. Even from Absolutely. just the three months off and just having to drop everything. I mm-hmm. feel like you're gonna see the rust on some guys. So if they gave them like five games, give them five games before the playoffs start just so they can get back into it. Yeah, I like that. And I think um I mean, and not for nothing, there are a few teams, like, the seating is pretty close, especially in the East. Like, I know the Celtics are three games behind the Raptors. So, it's like, if they have a few of those games, like, they can mean something. Like, yeah, they more, maybe more be used to shake that rust off, but they could also, you know, affect playoff seating, depending on how they do it, if they go about it the normal way. Right. Yeah, and that'd be interesting if they were if they were to be able to do that, like just sneak into a, an even higher position. Yeah, uh, before exactly. playoffs start. And in so, yeah. in even those teams out west, I know we're we're getting to it again, but even those teams out west, there's some of those teams you always see in the playoffs. For example, it, the Portland Trailblazers are always in there because of Dame Lillard. I yeah. feel like they do this almost every season, where they'll have a really like crap start to the season and then Dame Lillard just backpacks and breaks into the playoffs every year. He was averaging like 50 a game for a week or something like that. Yeah. So like you can't give up. You can't. That's why another reason why I say you can't just go into the playoffs because there's teams like that where the trailblazers, where they get in like with a few weeks left in the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it would be, it's, that's the thing. Like, I just think, it's only fair to give those teams on the outskirts an opportunity, at least a few games, like especially the teams that are like, cause that Western conference saying like, it's pretty close. Yeah. And it would really suck for teams that were like the ninth seed. I don't know who, we, I think the Blazers might actually be the ninth seed, but like whoever the ninth seed is like, that sucks, you know, like being told like, Hey, like we know you're that close, but like can't do it this year. Um, and obviously the circumstances, everything going on, like it's tricky. It's a tricky situation. Uh, yeah, Portland is – okay, so Memphis is the eighth seed, and then Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento are all tied for ninth seed, and San Antonio is a half a game back. So it's yeah. like that's a tight race, and they're three games behind Memphis. 
You're so right. it's like if you even if you said right there the five regular season games that could make all the difference as far as yep. who, who the eighth seed is in the West. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the NBA does this if if they do a play-in tournament if they just start in the playoffs and how they treat uh, these teams that are on the outskirts. I'm I'm very curious to see how they're going to do it. And another thing that would be excited if they were to do just say the one through 16 seeding. Imagine if the Celtics were playing like the, the Grizzlies or someone like that from the Western conference in the first round and going throughout the playoffs. That'd be so exciting. It would be this yeah. is something you don't, this is something you don't get to see instead of just seeing the same, you know, matchups everywhere where it's the Celtics and Sixers or Celtics and Raptors Celtics, you know, that it exactly. could be the Celtics and Nuggets. It could be the Celtics and Memphis Grizzlies lot, first round. Like so exciting matchups, a lot more exciting matchups. And like you said, with the finals, imagine if we had the two LA teams, like yes. dude, that would literally be like the, one of the most watched finals probably ever. If I'm people's like, heads would blow up, like considering everything going on, like sports coming back and like that being one of the biggest events and the two LA teams, everyone would watch that. Of course people, People are gonna go berserk when sports mm-hmm. comes back. Absolutely. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what sport it is. People are just gonna go insane. You don't understand, <laughs> bro. I I have been itching to bet on sports for so long. Like I was on such a roll this semester before sports ended, and then it just got taken from me. Like I have just been itching to put a parlay down to bet on the Celtics. Like. Just, I've always I've always wanted to get into sports betting, but I haven't. Listen, I'm not going to be the one. I'm not influencing anyone to do such a thing because let me tell you, if it goes bad, it can go bad. But when it goes good, it can go good. Luckily <laughs> for me, it's been more good than bad. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> it's a risk that you have to take. But, you know, if you know your stuff, you, you, you can do all right. Um, but, yeah, so not enough about sports betting. One topic I actually wanted to get into, Ryan, and – this happened – this came out a few days after we just recorded our podcast. ESPN came out a few weeks ago with their – it was top 74. It was like a, a – they would put out their new rankings every day, like a top uh, 50 to 40, 40 to 30, and then they end up getting the top 10. And that created a whole conversation. I actually made a YouTube video a week or two ago about it of who I thought my top 10 players were. And Paul Pierce comes on, and he gives his – Top five take. Okay, so Paul Pierce ranked it as number one Jordan, number two Kareem, three Bill Russell, four Magic Johnson, five Kobe. Now, before before I get into anything, I just need people to understand that Paul Pierce he's out there is being remembered more as a terrible analyst than he is a basketball player, and it's a shame because when. (laughs) Paul Pierce comes out and says stuff like this. People just go and start shitting on him as a player, and it's unfair. Paul Pierce is one of the is a is an underrated player. His best years were the years that no one even paid attention to the Celtics. Yeah, he was the backbone of that team, stuck with them, won a championship, and he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. But that's not the point. He is he has some really hot takes, man. Like <laughs> it's really hard to. Like I love Paul Pierce. I'm not like a, like I'm not some He's guy out up, there. I'm not up his ass. Like I'm not like a, a fanboy of him. Like I love him, but like I'm not gonna ride him. But man, like he makes it so hard to defend him sometimes with this stuff. I mean, he's the truth. Not putting LeBron top five. There's no way around it. It's personal. It's not him saying that those guys are better than him. That's just him having personal hard feelings with LeBron. And even Kendrick Perkins said that. He said since. Uh, since LeBron's rookie year, Paul Pierce hasn't liked him. 
Well, yeah, that, and that's we, just in a rivalry between them. My mistake. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh, you're good. I, you're good. I was, I was going to say, we all know that that uh, 08 Celtics team has something against LeBron. You know, they, they, they always stick together when it comes to something like that. Even when it comes to Ray Ray, like there's always some talk around there about how how the beef went down and like what they don't like about it. Like that, that group of guys just like really stick together. So if Pierce says LeBron is in top five, then Perk's going to say the same thing. And I bet you KG says that he is in top 10. Yeah, because KG yeah, just, just loves a, me like that. A, that's like a Celtics cult thing, bro. That's yes, cult. I mean, and you know, LeBron, Paul Pierce has his history with LeBron. Um, they beat him, uh, and they were in Boston. They basically uh, kicked him out to Miami, sent him to Miami, goes to Miami. Then he beats the Celtics finally, and then um, LeBron, then uh, Paul Pierce and KG go to the Nets, and then LeBron beats them again. Um, so there's, it's just always been that thing between them, whether or not Paul Pierce had the upper hand when he was in Boston, when he was in his prime. And the, the whole Paul Pierce versus LeBron thing, like the, the rivalry, he, LeBron had his best years against Paul Pierce and the Celtics when they were out of their prime. I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying this in a way to, uh, you know, bash LeBron or the teams he was on. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying it's a fact that the teams that the Celtics teams that he beat, or even the Nets team with Paul Pierce and KG, that is nothing like they were even in 08. Nothing. No. In 2011, they weren't even – they weren't as good as they were in 08. When they were as good, when they were, like, towards the end of their primes, they were sending LeBron packing. You know, that's just how it was. Um, but And people, but, people forget that Pierce is LeBron's greatest rival. He is. He really is. I mean, and at least his first greatest rival, I think – people might start talking about the Warriors being a rival, even though the Warriors kind of, you know, slapped him around. But it's a conversation. It's a conversation. But I do agree Paul Pierce and the Celtics is one of his biggest rivals. So it's – like I said, I love Paul Pierce, but it's just, it's, it's just really tough for him to say something like this and just be on his side. So I talked a few weeks ago about who my top ten, my top five is, and I kind of want to hear, you know – I. Paul Pierce is Jordan, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Kobe. I want to hear what your top five is. I want to hear what you say. Then I just want to see, like, how it compares to mine. And, you know, we'll just go off of that. So who, what's, what's your top five of all time? It doesn't have to be in any order either. Yeah, I have definitely in, in there you have to put MJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's a given for most people. Yeah, and I think you have to put LeBron in there. Um, I don't think – He's he said Kobe's in his top five. I think Kobe's like fringe, like he would be like top ten or like fringe mm-hmm. top ten. But to finish off the top five, I think I'd ha- also have to put Will in there because people don't understand Will athletically was even better, more athletic than some guys today. He was like, he he would have been like an elite an elite athlete today. Mm-hmm. So people, when we think about like the most dominant centers of all time, the first name that comes up is Shaquille O'Neal, and you know yep. for good reason. I mean, it, it, it's Shaq. I mean, we've, we've seen him play like he's just unstoppable. But before there was Shaq, there was Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, this yeah. guy was averaging fifty points a season, twenty-five rebounds a season. He even yep. led the league in assists one year when he was going up against dynasties like the Celtics. Um, so yeah, no, I, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, he is, you know, it's he's one of those guys that might not be in everyone's top five list, but he has a strong argument of why he should be in the top five. Yeah, yeah. And then 
I'd say, hmm. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to put Bill Russell in there, too, just okay. because. Because, you know, he's a Celtics legend. He's my guy. 11 rings. And, I mean, no one, yeah. no one more than that. And then my last guy would probably have to be Kareem. Mm-hmm. Kareem, think, yeah. So when I made my that's, top- that, that I'm sorry. That's always so tough for me to do a top five. I can, Dude, no, I, I can never do one because I, I, like, go so into it with, like, everyone. It's just, oh, like, absolutely. so hard for me to just do it right off the top of my head. And we talked about it before we recorded. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, there's no way that everyone's going to agree on the same list or the same rankings. Everyone's going to disagree. Like, you said Wilt. Wilt's yeah. not on my top five list. But I'm not – you know, I understand your argument. I'm not going to, yeah. like, you know, go against that. Um, but it's, it's just one of those debates. Any top five, top ten list, no one's ever going to agree on it, this and that. But, no, it's always going to be arguments. Yeah, so you didn't – that was no specific order. But no, no one question order. I do want to ask is, so LeBron's in your top five. Where – tell me where you would put him in your top five. That's the one guy I want to know where you would put him. Three or four. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because – I have him as my second best player of all time. I, there are a ton of people out there that say, you know, LeBron's better than Jordan, that argument right now. I personally hate putting players, active players on ranking lists. Like LeBron, like ESPN was ranked number two. LeBron's the only active player that was top 10. And for good reason, he should have been. But I hate ranking guys like that because active players still have so much left to accomplish in their career. So you have LeBron at three and four right now. That's not to say he's not going to finish top two when he's done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I have him at number two right now. And recent, uh, this is no reason. I think Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. I've believed that since I've, you know, started watching basketball, started following it, started learning more about it. I've always said Jordan was the best. But that's not to say that I don't think LeBron's going to be able to overtake him. So the, this is – now I'm going to jump into this argument. I'm going to jump into the, an MJ-LeBron argument. Because I got into this with my friend a little bit yesterday. So, greatest player of all time, I'm giving it to Jordan. I mean, 6-0 in the finals. He just had that killer winning mentality instinct that I don't think – LeBron has a piece of that, but he doesn't have all of what MJ had. He didn't have that killer just go into the – just win. Just 6-0 and undefeated. Like, that's just a mark that we might not ever see. Yeah. Um, but LeBron – he is the best all-around player of all time. I think that would be a fair assessment to make. I mean, you think about it. He's number third. In, he's three in points right now. He's top 15 rebounds. He's eighth in assists. He's 13th in steals right now. I mean, when you consider all-around, LeBron James is gonna might go down as the highest scorer, like the leading scorer in NBA history. And for a guy that's not even considered to be a scorer, he is a guy that is considered to be a well all-around teammate that can do everything. Um, but yeah, he's going to, he, I think he's going to be top two in scoring. He's only 3000 points behind Malone at two and only, and after that, he's only 1500 behind Kareem. I think he's going to do it. Um, obviously bearing injury. This is all like assuming he doesn't get hurt by the way. Yeah. Um, right. right now he's 49th in rebounds. He has 9,353 rebounds. If he gets seven, if he gets 650 more, he cracks, he gets 10,000 and cracks top 40. And what's impressive about this is that I was looking at this list before. The only small forwards that are ahead of him are Sean Marion and Bailey Howell Howell on the Pistons. Everyone else are centers and power forwards. Sean Marion? 
Sean Marion. He was, uh, he was 41, I think. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was looking at boards and I saw Sean Marion. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. Um, but yeah, so LeBron's really like, as he keeps climbing that ladder, it's going to be the only like small forward to be ranked that high. Um, assists, he's eighth in assists. He's one of the great, he's one of the great passers all LeBron's time. LeBron's one of the greatest passers. I remember ESPN did this thing about comparing LeBron and Jordan. They said Jordan was the better passer. I'm like, that's no, he's not. That no, he's not. LeBron's, LeBron's, LeBron's court vision for a small forward shouldn't be the way. It I is. think personally, I think the only passer that's the only guy that has, that has a better passer than LeBron is Matt Johnson. I think that's the only guy that I could really think of that is a better uh, just facilitator in getting his teammates involved. Um, so LeBron ranks eighth in assists. He's at 9,298, so two away from 9,300. He's easily going to make it past 10K and maybe even 11K. And if he gets – even if he's 10K, I think Magic Johnson is fifth at like 10,100. So LeBron can, is easily going to get top five. I mean, look at, look at him now. This year, he's leading the league in assists. The older that he gets, we're going to see his scoring and all that stuff go down. There's no – the thing about LeBron is that I don't think we're going to see a cliff from him. I think it's just no. going to be like he's just going to like – his scoring might dip a little bit, but look at his assist numbers. Like next season, he might not average 25, 8, and 11. He might average 24, 9, and 12. You know what I mean? So when it comes to assists, I think he's easily going to climb that rank and get up there. And um, 13th in steals, he's only a few hundred away from being top 10. So the point I'm trying to make is with all of these rankings and these statistics, if LeBron does all of these things, if he becomes top, we'll say top two in points, top 40 in rebounds, top five in assists, and top 10 in steals, as well as, well as winning another ring in LA, which I do believe will happen, I think LeBron James has a chance of eclipsing Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. I think that there is an argument to be made now, but I don't think it's great enough for LeBron to be considered better than Jordan. But if LeBron does all of these things, that argument will be there and it will be stronger and it will give more people a reason to believe LeBron's the go. I also, I, in backtracking, I also do believe he has one more MVP in, under his belt. I think, I mean, he was a top two candidate this year. I mean, he might win it this year, but I think Giannis will win it. Um, LeBron James could easily go out there. I mean, if we're being realistic, LeBron James could have been MVP like 10 times in his career. Like he's just because he's finished top three, top five so many times. Like he's one of those guys that during the regular season, just half foot on the pedal, just not going a hundred percent. But once the playoffs come around, that's when he takes it high speed. So if LeBron like, you know, goes after one more MVP award, gets his fifth, I think that would be his fifth one wins another title, wins his third title, a uh, fourth title with a third different team, wins a third, uh, a fourth finals MVP with a third different team. Like that's, that's something that you can't just ignore. So I yeah. think if LeBron does right now, Le, right now, Jordan is better than LeBron. And that's not a recency bias. That's my, always been my, my belief. But if LeBron accomplishes these things, I think that he does have a better chance at least of being able to say that he's better than Jordan. So I know that was a mouthful. So I kind of want to give you the floor and just kind of hear what you think about that. And like by the end of LeBron's career, like will he eclipse Jordan as the greatest or do you think he'll always be the number two to Jordan? I think right now LeBron can't be the greatest just because of how his finals records look. Mm -hmm. But 
with all the things that you bring into play, a, a lot of people won't realize how good LeBron actually is. Like, LeBron's a freak of nature. Like, He's good at everything. Yeah, yeah, he is good at everything. He literally does everything. He, he can play one through five. It doesn't matter. And I think everyone has always known that. But currently right now, I can't say he is the greatest. I think there's just I, – I just think he's, like, one away. I think he's one away. I think he needs to have – actually, you know what? I don't think he does, doesn't need to have a couple really good more seasons because he's already proved that. He doesn't really need to prove that much more. It's just about getting to those stats, you know. He could become first all-time in scoring and, and all that. Uh, All-around player, yeah. I can definitely see that because LeBron does everything. He does everything. Uh, I think I think if he – I think if he gets one more title, maybe even two. If he gets two more titles, then, yeah, I think you if, could put him as the he, greatest player ever. Yeah, definitely. If he titles in L.A., I, I also believe that would be the strongest case for him. Yeah. I only brought up one because I think he only needs to win one more. But if he won two, that is just like – Nah, I would perfect. I would say I would say too. That that's pretty unreal to do that. He has he's won multiple championships. He's won if he can say he's won multiple championships with two teams. One of the teams he went back to. Oh, excuse me. One of the teams he went back to won a title there and and came back from 3-1. Yeah. I, yeah, the greatest team, the greatest most wins ever in a season. I can't even say that team was the greatest team ever. Uh I mean if you put them against the Jordan Bulls at 96 team, maybe, but doesn't mean a thing without the ring is what the Bulls yeah, like yeah, to say. You know what I mean? So without the ring, that's right. And so I don't know. Like LeBron, I think I think LeBron will be able to pass Jordan at some point, but he he does have a little bit more to do. He does. Yeah. But if he doesn't, if he does not accomplish like another title, another MVP. And the thing was with another MVP, I don't think we'll see him win another one because he does it every year. So yeah, they can't yeah, – yeah. LeBron, LeBron would win the MVP, except for last year. LeBron would win the MVP every single year, and that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Every, he does everything. He is mm-hmm. the best player in the world every year. And the reason why we don't give him MVP every year is because he does it every year. We need to give it to yeah. someone else. Yeah, he'd have, exactly. he'd have like 11 straight MVPs right now. You know what I mean? It's like, like LeBron's <laughs> averaging 25, 9, 11, but it's like he, it's like we, we're used to seeing him put up those numbers. It's yes. not like, oh, LeBron's having this breakout year. Like he's having this great year. It's like, no, this is just LeBron. And that's another thing that should make you like make you think about him being the greatest ever. You look at his stat lines and you say that's normal. That's not normal. It's not a normal basketball oh, thing to do what exactly. he does. <laughs> and another argument, too, is I, I, I forgot to bring this up earlier, is and you can make the argument for both sides, longevity. So Jordan only played – Jordan didn't play as many years. I think LeBron's in his 17th year. Jordan accomplished a lot in the very few seasons he was in the NBA. And that's – That's that, a big argument right there. Anything else, right? Yeah. But you, have, you can also look at it from the other side. Sure, LeBron's played more years and all this stuff, but the fact that he's been able to, like you said, be a top MVP candidate, put up those numbers consistently for 17 years, like that says something. Like a 35-year-old coming out, playing almost every game, putting up 25 and 11, like 
this guy can go out and average a triple double for the next three seasons if he wanted to. Like, he seriously, like I'm, I'm not saying as a hypothetical. Like he legitimately could. He just doesn't yeah. want to. That's just not. You know, he wants. He's more focused on winning than personal accomplishments and stuff. Um, so when you make that argument about longevity, I think it's you know I think it's kind of fair to use that in LeBron's favor too, not just against him. You know, yeah, he didn't accomplish as much in you know Jordan accomplished more in a shorter period. But the fact that LeBron's been able to, you know, stay healthy, he had one, he's had one serious injury last year with the Lakers, but that was kind of like a wash year that really wasn't like meant to be anything. Like he's been able to stay healthy his whole career, consistently be a top three, top five MVP candidate every year. Averages, his average, I think his career averages are like 26, seven and seven. Like that is just absurd. That's those are numbers that we. Those are all-time great numbers. All-time great numbers, and the fact that he's been able to do it for 17 years, and he's going probably going to make it 20, like that says something. And also the fact that you know, as LeBron gets older, we might see him break more records as far as like oldest player to do this, oldest player to do that. Like for the playoffs, he might become the oldest player to score 40 in a game or assist in a game. Like so, he has the ability to break those records as well to help his case. I think it was the title in Cleveland where he said he considered, he considered himself the best player ever was after that finals win. If, mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. And that was also and, before he lost like three more straight to Golden State, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Well, like, two more, two more. He, this is why a lot of people have issues with LeBron because you're saying after your third title – that you were the greatest player ever. He goes on to lose a couple more to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. How how can you – this? that's where the problem comes in. How can you yeah. say you're the greatest player ever if you look at your finals record, you look at everything you've done in your career, but it doesn't match up to being GOAT-worthy? At that yeah. point, at that point, he he was not even close to GOAT-worthy yet. He he said he's accomplished everything he's ever wanted to. You you have yet to even you pass Jordan. More. If you if you think if you think you're the greatest player ever, you wouldn't be saying I think I've accomplished everything. The greatest player of all time never thinks that they accomplished something. They're I just always want for more. I mean, look at Brady. Yes, look, look at, at Brady. 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 This is the thing. The next ring is his favorite ring. You don't say the <laughs> ring he just yeah. won. He's you, always like, <laughs> which ones? He goes, what's your favorite one? The next one. Bro. Yes, like, that is that literally like that's greatness. That is yes. pure definition of greatest and like the greatest of all time. And that's that mentality though that different that that really makes Jordan stand out from LeBron. Yeah, you're yeah, saying exactly. you're saying that you that you've accomplished everything. The goat does not say that they have accomplished anything. And they're they are always looking forward. There's always something to get better at. There's always something to accomplish. You can accomplish it, but you don't actually recognize it until you've done and said it all you know what i mean and don't so get you've me done wrong. and said it all don't get me wrong the whole coming back from 3-1 that's probably one of the greatest final series we've ever, ever. yeah played. yeah ever in but, any sports that's one of the I'll greatest you, comebacks bro, game six and seven i was at hooters that shit that place was lit like watching game six lebron and Kyrie go off lebron blocked the shot Kyrie hit the three like that shit was awesome um but even coming back from 3-1 deficit doing something that no one's done before I've always had a problem with guys like coming out right and saying they're the best because it's just like, that's, it's not like, I hate to say it's a selfish thing to say, because I believe like, if you believe you're the best, like you should be able to say it. But like, 
LeBron just can't come out right and say I'm the best when he knows he has so many years left. And yeah, no, that's that the problem I have. With he this. doesn't have the accomplishments that Jordan has. He, he, at the time he would have been, I think he was three and fourth in the finals at the time. Cause then he lost two more. He became three and six. So at the time, I guess he was thinking, Oh, one away from being 500. Okay. But you can't just, just come out and say that stuff before your career is over because then look what happened. He lost two more times and all that. But and also in LeBron's defense, I believe that there are some finals losses that shouldn't be held against him. So he's three and six in the finals. Obviously this is hypothetical. Yeah, there it's is hypotheticals. Some. I understand no matter what, he's still gonna be three and six. But if we're gonna be like realistic, his first finals against San Antonio, he got swept. He, that was there was no chance he was gonna win on that Cleveland team. He had no help. He had Mo Williams, I think, was an all-star that year. Ilgauskas, I don't know if that was the year they had Shaq, but they weren't going to beat the Spurs. Um, their loss to the Golden State Warriors the first time when Kevin Love got hurt against the Celtics, his shoulder popped out, so he was out for the playoffs. Kyrie gets hurt game one, and they lose game one. LeBron still finds a way to win two games that series, and they lose 4-2. LeBron James should have... Arguably, that was the one year that, well, not the one year Jerry West did it, but that was the one year that we were going to see an opposing player on a losing team win the MVP. Like, we should have seen LeBron win MVP that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not for nothing, but the last year against Golden State when Kyrie left and there was the whole thing with JR about how he didn't, you know, he ran the clock out and it went to OT and LeBron had 51 that game. Those losses, yeah, they're going to be on his record. But if we're looking at it, like, he really shouldn't get any blame for them. Like, yeah, there'll be losses against him, but he literally did everything he could at possible in those series, whether he had no help and just did it on his own and just couldn't do it. And there wasn't – in those finals, there wasn't an expectation that he would have won since he was by himself. So and- I think he gets a little too much hate as far as the finals record, even though, like I said, it's hypothetical saying that, he, they shouldn't be held against him. But that's just how I feel about that stuff. Yeah, the loss to the Dav- Dallas Mavericks is a different story, That's though. the biggest one. That'll, that'll always be held against him. Yeah, because you had Chris Bosh and you had Dwayne Wade, and you're LeBron. And, and you're, well, going against, you're going against Dirk. You're going against, like, J.J. Barea, like, Jason <laughs> Terry. Terry, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an awful team. It's just, like, they should have beat They weren't meant team. to win it. They yeah, they – they, it's just like Dirk was unreal, but the Miami team should have won that. I mean, if you look, I mean, and LeBron screwed himself at the beginning of the year when they had their, their opening press conference. He goes, not three, not four, not yeah, five. Right. Like, bro, like when you say that stuff, like you're, the expectations were already set in place. High, high by you even going to Miami. Then you saying that stuff, for him to say that and then lose to a team like the Mavericks and for him to have the final series like he did, not showing up in the fourth quarter, like, bro like he he did that to himself he yep. did that used to be a big joke uh back in the day though lebron never showed up in the fourth quarter most times yeah, I remember, lebron I remember, uh, uh, lebron never used to show up in the in, in the fourth quarter in the playoffs <laughs> that's a joke, fact it changed joke, he turned it around at one point he did and one joke i would always make was lebron should always should play hockey because there's no fourth quarter in hockey yeah yes yes i know um, that joke he did, but he did bounce back from that series they did win back to back um, you know, was he one Ray Allen shot away from losing to the Spurs? Yes, but Ray Allen did hit the shot, so he's a champion. Um, 
So, of course, there's going to be hypotheticals. There's always going to be, you know, he lost to this team. It's worse than a loss to this team, or he beat this team, so it's, a, it's more important of a win against another team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just how I feel about, you know, with the finals and stuff as far as him getting too much hate. I mean, and here's the thing. He's three and six in the finals, yes. He has the most – he has 30 losses in finals history. He's lost six times. He's won three times. But let me tell you, making it nine times, making it eight straight years, like, that's, that's impressive. Like, yeah, that's you know, something that many don't say, see. like, he was in a weak conference, this and that. Like, I don't really buy that. He still went through tough teams. He still went through competition, like, and making it eight straight years. Like, that's not just something that happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's, like – that, that, it was a thing where it was a guarantee. Like, the Celtics were the closest team to, you know, uh, ending that streak with Jason Tatum. They made it to game seven. Um, it's like, that, that's just a run that, you know, we, we can't we, – I don't know when the next time we'll see that. I really don't. Yeah. And maybe Jordan would have done it, though. Maybe. If Jordan, I mean, listen, if, if Jordan, if Jordan didn't retire, if he didn't keep retiring and he just stayed with that team – what if they just ran it, ran it and, the same way? And again, with hypotheticals, if he didn't go to baseball, he the Bulls probably would have won those two championships that the Rockets won. If he didn't, if the Bulls weren't like, all right, we're rebuilding after '98. Uh, Jordan said he was like, it bothers me that we never went after that seventh one. They probably could have beaten the Spurs that year. He could have had ten champion or nine championships. He could have made it to the finals for nine straight seasons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can make the argument. You can make the argument for a lot of people. You can say things about certain championship teams or teams that came up short. You can um, say it about Celtics teams. <laughs> you can say it about – No, just, 09, 2010 Celtics bro, teams. Bro, listen, you can have hypotheticals about everything. Like the Celtics, I mean, this, they won 08. Kevin Gar- the Celtics started the 09 season like 25-2. and two. Kevin Garnett gets hurt. We lose in the playoffs to the Magic. KG came back, got hurt again. Then the next year we make it to the finals, Kendrick Perkins tears his ACL at the end of game six, and we lose game seven. Could the Celtics have gone for a three-peat and became a dynasty? Absolutely. But those are, like we said, there's a hypotheticals. Those are just – that's wishful thinking. At the end of the day, that didn't happen. What happened right. was Kevin Garnett got hurt, the Lakers won. Kendrick Perkins got hurt, the Lakers won. And that's just how you have to accept it. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, I, think, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's one of those things. That I'm not trying to like go in circles here, but it's like that's just how it is, and it, it's, 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 it's a tough debate. Like we're talking about MJ LeBron right now, and it, it's not an argument that people aren't gonna ever see eye to eye on things like this. Like they're always gonna be the people <laughs> that bless you. Thank you. There are always gonna be the people that say that LeBron's better than Jordan. There's always gonna be people that are gonna say. Jordan's better than LeBron. There's going to be people that say LeBron is miles ahead of Jordan and vice versa. No, there's going to be opinions, disagreements about everything. And that's just what you have to accept. These are our opinions. This is what I think. This is what you think. And I think that's, we got to, we just, just make that clear that, you know, we're not always going to agree on it. We're not always going to have the same top five lists or whatnot. Um, but, you know, it's good to like, you know, tell both sides of every story. Like, I think MJ's the GOAT, but I want to, you know, talk about why LeBron could be the GOAT and vice, right. and vice versa, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's an interesting debate. I mean, it's going to be it one is. of the debates that's going to be talked about till the end of time. The, yeah, that, that will be a debate that will never end. It won't. It's no. a, it is literally a never-ending debate. Not unless there's someone that, pull, that, that comes into the league that will 
turn out better than LeBron, which we never know because there's a lot of young stars coming up. I mean, elite, elite talent like Luca. Luca's so young. Mm-hmm. Giannis Zion is still really pretty young. Next, like, I mean, if we're talking about like guys that replicate LeBron, I mean, Zion might be the closest thing. Yeah, just athletic wise and how he's built and everything like that. But speaking of just dominating the league, the guy that could dominate the league for years to come could be Giannis. Mm, yeah. You know, and Giannis could do the same thing that LeBron did in the East. If he's able to just run it, then you get into talks about Giannis. I mean, Giannis still has a long way to go, obviously. ESPN already ranked Giannis as the 27th greatest player of all time. See, I don't – I don't don't agree putting – I don't – I think you said it earlier in the show. I don't agree putting active players in lists like that Mm -hmm. because there's so much more for them to go. What is Giannis 24? Giannis is like 24, isn't he? I think 25. I think he's 25. But he has one MVP under his belt. That's it. He's still – so young still. So there's, there's like, so what is he? What has he done? What is he? That doesn't. What he's done. He's is he's very good. He's a very good player, like stats wise and everything. But one MVP. Will he go down as a top twenty-five player? Maybe most like like the way the trajectory that he's going. Yes, that's a good chance. But yeah. right now, I can tell you fifty players of all time that are better than Giannis. Right. As far as accomplishments and stuff like, it's just. For someone that's been in the league for five, six years, like that, that's just ridiculous. Especially, and it's very disrespectful to rank him again ahead of, you know, Hall of Famers, guys that have won multiple championships, that have won championships that meant something. Like, you just can't do that. It, it, it is a ridiculous argument. And going off of what you said, like players that will dominate the league, and I, I kind of, I'm happy that you brought that up because this, I tweeted this out, and uh, uh, first take they talked about it they were talking about who they think is going to be the best player in a few years. And cause they were doing the rankings of who they think is like their top 15 or whatever. And they were talking about Luca and they were saying, do you think Luca is going to be the best player in the world? And Stephen A is like, you know, Luca is going to be up there. Zion Williamson is going to be up there. You know who else is up there? Ryan, Ryan, I have a question. Do you know who else is up there? My boy, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, <laughs> the 22nd, 22 year old Jason Tatum, all-star 23-point-per-game score. Stephen A. Smith, I've always loved Stephen A. Smith. Now I love him even more because he sees it. He sees what we see. He calls it as it is. He calls it as it is. People, and I tweeted the clip about – I'm actually going to pull it up right now because I tweeted out the clip of Stephen A. Smith saying it, and people were saying, like, how could you put uh, Tatum in Luka's level? Like, Luka has far better numbers, this and that. And, yes, they are absolutely right in saying that he does have better numbers. But you have to look at it in two different ways. One, you have to look at the situation that they're in. Luka Doncic is in a situation where he has the ball in his hands all the time. He literally has control of the ball. He has the green light to just shoot a million times a game. He has all, like, uh, his season stats. He's averaging 28.7 points, 9.3 rebounds, 8.7 assists. 46% 46% field goal, 32% from three. He shoots like nine threes a game. Um, but the situation he's in. Then look at Jason Tatum. He's surrounded by two other guys that average 20 points a game. And then Gordon Hayward. If Jason Tatum was in Luka Doncic's position, I'm not He'd be better. I, think, I will give Luka the benefit. He is a better playmaker. I think Luka is one of the best playmakers in the NBA. And I think that's one of Tatum's weaker part of his games even though it's not his responsibility to you know get his teammates involved and average nine assists a game but Luka Doncic's usage rating is 37 percent 
Jason Tatum's usage percentage is 28%. 9% increase, that's huge. 37% usage rate is insane. Yeah, it's a and, lot. And not for nothing, Luka is only averaging five more points and two more rebounds. Tatum has, is shooting 1% less from the field and 8% better from three. So I, people look at the numbers and they immediately say Luka's better. You have to read between the lines. You got to look at the details, man. If Tatum was in Dallas, he could be averaging 28 a game. Yeah. As a 22, like, seriously. The way he was playing? The way he was playing? He, yeah. At the All-Star break, he was averaging 30 a game with Jalen and he Averaged 30 in a month, too. You know what I mean? It's like that, that – and, and, and to do that in Boston, too, is, like, insane. And Boston, not for nothing, they're better than Dallas. They have a better record than Dallas. Yeah, do we have a better support cast? Sure. But Tatum – Tatum does more. He brings more. Um, he brings more to the table for Boston. He does more and less uh, with a lesser usage rate. He does. He does more with the ball less in his hands. If that, if yep. I'm, what I'm saying makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. So it's like, so I'm happy Stephen A. Smith brought that up because I think it's important to you know see the fact that Jason Tatum is coming. He is the next biggest star in the NBA, and just because he is side by side to two other guys averaging this many points and he's not putting up numbers like these other superstars, we can't disqualify him from that conversation that he will be up there with the greatest players in a few years. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to say that he will be the best player because time will tell. You know what I mean? It's like, who knows what will happen in a few years. Like, Zion Williamson could just freaking break out and just come out next year with a, uh, a fucking shooting 45% from three. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. who knows? Like, who knows what could happen? Um, but Tatum is on that trajectory of being the best player, and I'm um, I'm happy Stephen A. Smith brought that up, and I'm happy you brought that up because I really wasn't I wasn't really thinking about that, but I'm happy I got to plug that in there. I think that's one of the things that really disappointed me about this whole pandemic is that we had to stop seeing the run that Jason Tatum was going on, and he was on a great one. Yeah, and so impressive. There's only a few guys in Celtics history that were able to average 30 points per game in a month. Isaiah and Bird, I think, would, and Isaiah, Bird, and Pierce were the only people to do it. I think so. And I think Havlicek maybe may have been out there. Yeah, yeah, I could see him doing it. I think um, Isaiah did it twice. And I think, I don't, I don't want to say, um, I don't want to say anything that is wrong. But um, yeah, Tatum was one of the only very few players in, in Celtics history to average 30. And he's 22. Well, yep. uh, at the time, uh, in March, he's 19. He, he didn't turn 22 until. Uh, March 20, I think his birthday was March 25th. He's so, 19. He's, he's always going to be 19. Though. He's still 19. He's still a 19-year-old that dunked on LeBron in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's always what Jason Tatum is going to be to us. Never forget. Bro, one of the <laughs> we lost that game, which still sucks, but hey, we got that. That's a, that's, that's a game I would love to have back. He says that all, dude. I mean, not, I mean just to see, just for Terry, Jalen, and Terry and Jalen, if they could just hit half their shots, we would have won by like 10. <laughs> like, seriously. I, I would have loved to see how the Celtics would have matched up in the Warriors that year. Oh, I mean, like, I think yeah. they would have I, – I said that year they would have gotten at least one or two. So because that was they, the they, that, that the was Warriors, LeBron got swept, I think, because he didn't have Kyrie. I think the Celtics think so, yeah. got one game. I yeah, think I think they would have gotten – I think they would have gotten one game – just because the Celtics, when the Warriors were going on their run for years, 
I mean, like, it could come back next year. This The only reason why it happened this year is because, you know, Steph got hurt, Clay was out, you know, everyone left. Like, yeah. KD's gone. Um, but when they were on that massive run for, like, those straight years, the Celtics were always the team that were giving yeah. them the toughest always teams. They, 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 almost, they almost ended their win streak. Which an evolu- which which ended the game after I think to Milwaukee a few years ago. The they sub- they did was- end their um. They had a home winning streak that season where it was like thirty straight or something. And the games. Celtics ended and they that. Broke, they they did break that. The streak. Celtics ended the Celtics ended that streak. Yeah. But there was another win streak. The Warriors were on that year when they yeah. were. Yeah. When they were winning like twenty eight games or something like that in a row, yeah. so they started this season like twenty three and zero or twenty four and zero or something. Yeah, the Celtics were the team where the game before they brought them to overtime and then the next game that. I do it was a back to back yes that. and then the they next game Milwaukee won lost. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. I was like I was like this Celtics like this <laughs> the Celtics can consistently play the Warriors the best and that's something I've noticed for like the past four or five years every time they match up with them it's either an overtime game or it's a very close game it really is. Yeah. At least the last, at least since Isaiah was there too. I think the biggest you know reason for that too is because our style of basketball is similar to Warriors as far as like team basketball goes. Yep. Like when like you guys, when you had like LeBron and the Cavs playing the Warriors, like that was more of like, especially with Kyrie, that was more like, all right, LeBron, Kyrie will handle it and they'll just give it off. They'll do their thing, get people involved here and there. But with the Celtics, it was team basketball. Everyone was especially that run with Tatum and Brown and all of them. Kyrie was hurt. Yep. Like the ball movement was there. Jalen Brown was at actually averaging more points in the playoffs than Tatum was. And Tatum was like the highlight of that playoff run. Terry Rozier was broke out. I mean, that's really the biggest reason why he got a big contract from Charlotte. Yep. He proved himself in that series that, you know, he can be a starting point guard. Um, Marcus Morris, he had his moments. Al Horford, that was just uh, – Marcus Smart. I mean, that was just Aaron Baines. Like, oh, my God. That team was so like that was it's a team gritty. that wasn't meant to win anything, but gritty. it was so fun to watch them. I yeah. game seven. Oh my god, bro. First round against Milwaukee. I remember it was May weekend, and bro, I got destroyed. The day of game seven. <laughs> and I got destroyed. I went back to my dorm, passed out for 45 minutes, woke up, was in the bathroom for like hours. Come back out. And I'm like, all right, game seven starts in like 30 minutes. Watch game seven. They win. I'm like, thank God. Then I just crash. I was like, if they lost, I probably would have thrown up again. Um, and then, and then the, the, the Sixers, they beat them 4-1. And then the Cavs, they lose in game seven. Like That was just such – Was that the confetti game, the confetti was, year? Yeah, when uh, they hit the – they tied it. They thought – they sent it to overtime, but they thought – they won it and they dropped the they had to like delay the game for 10 minutes to clean off the confetti yeah bro that run was legendary like obviously like I said, that team run. wasn't meant to win anything that team wasn't even meant to make it past the box because we didn't have Kyrie or Hayward but that yeah. team just had so much heart and they played with they played a team effort they played as a team it wasn't individuals it wasn't nothing like that mm-hmm. and you know and then last year I mean if we want to get into last year like that's kind of what ruined it we brought Kyrie back and that team basketball went away and now we're bringing Kemba and we're back with team basketball and we're back to being good again. Yeah. I, I don't think you can just have that one guy like Kyrie plays ISO ball. So if you're you guys that you can say that can do that, like LeBron is one of those guys that you can, he can just control it. And then everyone else, he'll make everyone around him better. 
Kyrie can't he he was never yeah he was he was just an isolation guy that's what his game is so it's just everyone get out of the way and let me iso and score and but there is no passing so like the thing with Kyrie is if he wanted to be way more successful on this team he could have been such a successful facilitator and just pass the ball and kick it out and had all of his shooters around him he tried forcing it way too much when he was on this team and not for nothing, like, I, I, won't, I don't really want to get into the Kyrie conversation, but, like, going back to you said about him being an isolation player, like, he could, like uh, – listen, Kyrie Irving's one of the most talented, skillful guards that we've ever seen. Yeah, handles-wise, might have the best handles all time. One of the best handles of all time. When he turns it on, he turns it on. Like, the, the, yesterday, Bleach Report put out the highlights. His career high against San Antonio, 57 points, 7 for 7 from 3, hits the 3 to send it to overtime, like – when he turns it on, he turns it on. But then you have series like against Milwaukee. He shoots eight for 22, and he's like, you'll never see that again. He was right. He shot seven for 22 the next Yeah, game. that um, next game he was so worse. It's like when he turns it on, he can turn it on. But then there are those times where, man, like it doesn't – it just – it isn't working for him. Yeah. And unfortunately, when he was in Boston, it was more of it not working than it was working. But that that's – we don't have to talk about Kyrie. That was just kind of – he just kind of got brought up in the conversation. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking. We've just been fucking just going on for like an hour now. We don't really have like a set, like anything to close it with. We're just kind of yeah. just rambling. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any final thoughts about like anything that we've been talking about? Just closing it out, man. <laughs> or anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think the thing I would have to close it out with is just, if you're a Celtics fan, just respect Paul Pierce. <laughs> yeah. His takes, his takes are so out. His takes are so out there, but that's why he's the truth. He's yeah. the truth. He's going to come out of nowhere with some shit like he's that. He's going through a hard time right now, guys. Just stick by him. I know he comes out. The thing, the thing you got to understand with Pierce, too, and with guys like him who are such competitors. He's old and, school. Yes. Yes. And who feel like they are better than you. They don't give a they, – they don't care. They will say it. They will say how they think it is. Mm-hmm. You see it, all the guys with, with Pierce from uh, – with guys from Pierce's, like, era that will come out and say some bullshit. But that's just how it is. Yeah. They, they, they don't think they're worse than anyone else. They think they're better than everyone else. I don't – I have no problem with him not putting LeBron in top five because that's I mean, how he thinks he is. Yeah, that's exactly. how he thinks it is. <laughs> and not for nothing. I mean, when I was – I actually watched this clip earlier. Um it was Stephen A. Smith and Jalen Rose talking about the top five list. And Jalen Rose was like, I don't know how I could put, like, LeBron ahead of guys like Russell, Kareem, or even Magic. He's like, I think he had LeBron at his number five. And it's like, he says that, and no one really, you know, shits on him. No one really says anything. But LeBron comes out and says that he's not in his top five, and everyone's like, oh, my God, like, Paul Pierce, he's a hot take, this and that. Um, But, you know, it, it goes back to the whole personal thing that we mentioned earlier. I mean, Bill Lambeer, one of Michael Jordan's like biggest rivals, the Pistons, he he can't say that, Le- that Jordan's the greatest. He says no. LeBron's the greatest. But yeah, they so because like he hates Jordan so much that he's like, I don't want to say that he's better than LeBron or he's the best. You know what I mean? So yeah. going back to the whole old school thing like that, that's just how that generation is. I mean, they think they're better than you. They'll say it. And obviously, Paul Pierce doesn't give a crap. I mean, listen, Paul Pierce has done enough in his career one of the best three-point shooters ever. One of the even one of the best scorers ever. This dude got stabbed eleven times and still played, and played a full every season. Every single game the next season, like this 11 guy, eleven times he got dude, stabbed eleven times. Like, listen, the guy has gone through so much. He's he's proven 
his worth of being a Hall of Famer. He's cemented his spot in NBA history. It's just the fact that since he says all of these things, people forget about that. And I think it's important to not tie together Paul Pierce, the analyst, and Paul Pierce, the player. Two yep. very different things. And I, Two I very that'll, different. That'll be my closing, my closing statement. Yeah. Two very different. Two very different things. So, yep. um, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll have more news as far as what the NBA is going to do with bringing the season back. I mean, right now, like I said, they're having talks of bringing it to Disney World. They're surveying these GMs of what they should do. So, hopefully, by next week we'll have more definitive answers. Let us know what you think. We kind of got into the debate of a top five. You know, give, tell us, like, who do you think your top five is? I mean, it's one of those things, like, it's a great argument to have. It's a good debate to have. We might not see eye to eye, but I'd love to hear, you know, who people have in their top five and why, because I love hearing the reasons why they do that. And lastly, go easy on Paul Pierce. Ryan, uh, oh, one more thing. Uh, follow uh, our podcast on Twitter, at Chasing Banners. Um, there, you know, we'll be posting our episodes. You can follow me. On Twitter, Dante at Dante on Deck. There, you can find um, more podcasting stuff. I'm actually getting started with other podcasting with uh, Couch uh, Guy Boston, Boston Sports, uh, Couch Guy Sports. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm getting the name wrong right now. I feel bad. Um, Couch Guy Boston Sports, um, as well as um, another podcast I'm going to get started on. And my blog, you can find me there at Dante on Deck. Ryan plug your stuff in you can find me on twitter at 401 sheehan which is s-h-e-e-h-a-n um i also have another podcast that i work on it's called sheehan's world so dante actually came on that last week but i would love for you guys to listen sometime and hopefully you could step into my world on there and if you have anything to ever talk about about the celtics or basketball just tag us on twitter We'll probably get into conversation with you. So. Um, and there's actually one one thing I'm going to close on. We'll close off on this. So, Ryan, when I was on your podcast, your podcast last week, we got into some good discussion about, you know, life, about social media, you know, how it can affect people in good and bad ways. And unfortunately, I don't know, like, how involved you are in, like, the wrestling community or if you hear about things like this, but – there was this female Japanese wrestler named uh, Hana Kimura. Um, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, but she was 22 years old and she committed suicide the other day because of cyberbullying. And she had all these people, you know, it, it was it was a bunch of people, but especially there was these few people that just continually continuously kept going at her to the point where she killed herself. And it it's so sad, man. Like that that stuff is just so messed up. And I know we talked about it how social media can be a great place, but also a toxic place. And I just want to close this out by saying guys, like just be nice to one another. Don't use social media as a way to, you know, take out your demons on other people. You know, you don't know what people are going through that, that girl who knows what she was going through. And obviously something was said, things happened that set her to the point where she committed suicide. So it's awful. It's so sad, but just closing this out, people just be nicer to one another if you are you know you're going through a rough time anything get help don't don't use your pain on don't take it out on other people so that's how i'm going to close it out thank you guys for listening hope you everyone's staying safe and healthy 
be nice to one another and have a good one. Thank you guys. One love.